Hello, Podnutsians. Welcome to The Makers, probably episode 13. This is uh, Door to Door Geek here. This is the show where it's all about building, breaking, and learning. And we do everything from 3D printing and CNCing and hot glue gunning and 3D penning and everything else in between. Uh, this week, we're joined by Chad. Hey, Chad, did you do any building, breaking, or learning this week? Yeah, did a little of everything. I uh, Building some stuff here uh, with the laser. Got it to run off the ramps board, but then I blew the power supply, so that was really fun. Now I'm uh, trying to figure out what I did there, and probably just going to order another one just to have as a backup, hopefully. I don't know. If I, well, I probably won't be able to fix them when I blew up. So just keeps on burning fuses as soon as they turn it on. So real fun. Roger, Roger. But I, 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 I nearly forgot to ask you the most important question of this week, Chad. Yeah, what's well, that, door? And I'm going to make sure I'm looking at your face when I ask you this question. Are you, what are your feelings about Led Zeppelin? And I'm guessing you completely hate them. I don't mind Led Zeppelin. Well, I would expect you to hate them. I mean, almost all of their because almost all of their early songs they were really about like the Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but just because I hate the Lord of the Rings doesn't mean I gotta hate Led Zeppelin. Okay, so we found the line. That's where the line is, right there. Got it. Good, good to know. And you know, I don't actually hate the story of the Lord of the Rings. I just hate the movies, all the walking. You know, that's the whole thing. Well, I'm sure in the book there was walking too. Now, now, if Led Zeppelin sang nothing nothing but walking songs, then I'd have issues with them. Did you hear that? A little bit of Freudian slip there. He said, issues, shoes, walking. That's conspiracy. <laughs> uh, he knows he loves it. Yeah. Um, we're also joined this week by, um, by um, James. Uh, did he do any building, breaking, or learning this week? Uh, not a whole lot of breaking. A um, little bit of building. We'll see in CAD. Uh, some in meat space, uh, started working on the, um, the, the project I mentioned before, um, the puzzle room thing that, um, the walking dead cast or something supposed to do some of them anyway. Uh, that that's been interesting. It's going to look cool. Um, they're going to let us film and put a bunch of stuff up on YouTube. So that's cool. Cause that's kind of. Hoping they would. They won't let us film any actual gameplay. And I'm building on something else, too. But it's unfortunately uh, a lot of my building coming up I won't be able to talk about because it's going to be under NDA. But uh, uh, the cool thing I'll be able to share, the uh, well, it's not cooling anything, but we're using computer coolant for weird colored fluids in this puzzle room game. And uh, we're using a bunch of water cooling components for it just because it's, you know, kind of a natural fit for it. So yeah, I started working on that and um, looking at the calendar, uh, we got to finish this thing October 13th. So it's a good thing I started because I'm getting a little nervous. It's going to be a lot of work to get done between now and then. Um, but yeah, I haven't, uh, haven't really worked on a whole lot of uh, Singularity computer stuff this week other than in CAD. So and haven't really done any 3D printing for the first time in a few weeks or a few months, actually. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Singularity, I'm going to guess uh, they're a little, hopefully they're a little busy because they did launch their Kickstarter this last week, correct? Yeah, we finally got our approval. It was kind of funny. Um, like, we didn't get our approval. We didn't get our approval. We didn't get our approval. We uploaded a new opening video 
And before it was finished uploading, we got our approval. So they didn't even watch a thing through. So I'm not sure what about it they liked. <laughs> but yeah, they. I think just because the thumbnail was the actual product instead of a render, um, even though there was pictures of the actual product in the original video and stuff, they, they went ahead and approved us. So that went live a couple of days ago. And uh, yeah, we've already sold two systems, so uh, we'll see. Very cool, very cool. Uh, glad to at least see progress uh, being made. Um, I'm interested if you, I don't know, well, if you can show pictures of the ending fluid product, I'll, I'll be interested. And it wouldn't shock me that you're using coolant liquid because you use what you have around and you have that kind of stuff around. But the main reason for using it is it comes in any color you want and we can make it, you know, glow and UV and all that kind of stuff. Not really too many other products that, you know, fit the bill. But yeah, I'll be able to show pictures. I'll be able to share a bunch of that stuff. I just can't show gameplay. The stuff that's under NDA that I'm talking about is singularity stuff I'm working on. So unfortunately, for the next few weeks, I won't be able to tell much about my building. But uh, as soon as I can, I'll get all into it because it's a pretty cool project um so yeah i'll have to make sure i make some stuff on my own just so i got something to talk about next week roger roger uh we're also joined this week by um by um jonas hey hey jonas did you do any uh building breaking or learning yeah i did a little bit of building with a 3d pen i broke my old 3d pen and uh, got a new one to replace it and then i learned there's a usb 5 volt to 12 volt converter that you can just plug in and use as a power supply for a uh, the 3D pen I had last week or the week before. I'm going to take a guess and say there are Odroids out there and the Pinebook that I had. Essentially, it's the same thing where it's a USB to a barrel jack connector, and I want to say I want to say 12 volt. Uh, the Pi is going to be uh, 5 volt, but I don't know about the Odroid. No, no, yeah, the yeah, the, my complaint with the Odroid was the fact that it was not a USB on the end. But then when I went and browsed their products, uh, one of the products was a USB to barrel power connector, which confused the hell out of me. Why can't it just be USB to start with? But at least on one of their devices, it was like that. I'm sure it's not on all of theirs. Yeah, this one is a barrel connector, and it's the larger type. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. Roger, Roger. Uh, so it's good that you, it's not good that you broke that, but it's good that you learned that about the other 3D pen. My son has had at least fun with his 3D pen. He slowed a lot down on his complaining. I want to publicly thank James for giving me the heads up. Uh, before he opened it up, I, I got through his head. This is not going to be easy. You're not going to open it up. You're not going to instinctively be able to make anything you want. It's going to take time and practice. And then five minutes after he started playing with it, he just said, this is, this, this is a lot harder than I thought, Dad. Patience. That's been my thoughts on it. I've been playing around with mine, trying to get all right at it. Um, and then my daughter schools me, like, <laughs> makes really cool stuff with it. While I'm like, hey, check out my blob. Kind of looks like the thing I sort of was kind of trying to make. A little less like a turd than my last attempt. <laughs> she brought me this perfect little cupcake, like icing and everything, <laughs> little flowers and all this stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, wow, that's really cool. Thanks. <laughs> you know, mine turned out better than I thought it would as far as the making stuff with it. My big problem with it 
is it was clearly not designed for left-handed people. I'm left-handed, and I have the hardest time holding on to the thing and keeping it going. Um, you can do the double click and keep it going and then get a comfortable position on it. But then at some point you have to stop and that's when things poo the bed and uh, it doesn't go well from there. Like yeah, these need a complaint. foot pedal. They need a foot pedal to activate, deactivate like a, like a sewing machine, you know, speed it up, slow it down. Um, then I think you'd really have something there because as bad as I am at drawing with pencil, this thing kind of came pretty well. Yeah, my daughter's major complaint about that one because we have that and a three doodler. Um, the three doodler is ambidextrous, and that one definitely isn't. So that was her major complaint about it. But uh, the variable speed on it's better than on the three doodler. So there's that. I really like that foot pedal idea, though. That's something you should work on, Liam. Yeah. <laughs> you just have uh, to get into that switch. You just have to rewire a switch out. Yeah, I'm sure it's doable. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's something that already exists. It seems like an obvious answer, but maybe it's not. I don't know. Well, the best thing is, if you mess up, you're only out 20 bucks. That, 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 that's mostly true. I mean, you, you, might, you might burn yourself and take a trip to the ER. Well, <laughs> you might do that anyway, though. Very cool, very cool. Uh, we're also joined by Liam there. Liam, uh, did you do any building, breaking, or learning this week? Um, nothing of consequence i've i've done a little bit of building you know and i honestly don't even remember what i've learned um it's kind of a long week for not having done anything it feels like those those tend to grind on more than the others i i think though um i'll talk about some stuff i'm working on when it rolls back around to me though i, I just offhand i don't nothing that is worth mentioning i suppose how about you door what have you uh built broken learned well, first off, it is a longer week because we're recording on an off night because last night kind of uh, I just had a massive headache and literally passed out at like nine o'clock because when I go to sleep with a headache, I almost never wake up with a headache. So I felt like that was the easiest solution because I took during the day kinds of stuff and it didn't help. Um, breaking was actually minimal is what I'm going to say, it, unless you count podnuts.com went boom this week. Because clearly, and of course I say that with utter sarcasm, I go into the cPanel interface and it clearly stipulates I'm only using 9% of my disk usage. Yet HostGator cut me off and turned the website off because they said I was using 25% of the shared disk space. Uh, and I called them up and complained royally and compared them to GoDaddy, which I figured was the biggest insult I could give them. And uh, so right now the site's temporarily back up and on. And I got to figure out what to do. So that's my breaking for the week. And what I learned is everybody you give a dollar to, it seems like lies about something. Um, you always got to look at the asterisk and the fine print on everything. Uh, so Podnuts might be changing host hosting providers, but I really do not want to. Bill, I got a friend that works for GoDaddy. I don't have to give him a hard time and tell him you said that. <laughs> well, I'm sure you don't have to. I'm sure everyone else already does give him a hard time because it's GoDaddy. Hey, I'm sure they do. Uh, the building, uh, the building. I'll say the business building I did this week was uh, I went got my son a official, I believe it's called custodial business account, got him a card and explained to him the... Um, Re, um, responsibilities that are going to come with that, including and not limited to he's going to have to buy his own filament, which he was definitely shocked by. But I also let him know it's not terribly expensive either. Oh, man. 
that's going to be fun. That's cool. A custodial business account. Uh, how does that work? Well, uh, just a just a uh, um, custodial banking account. Um, technically, the account is in my name because she's basically insinuated he cannot have a card with his name on it. She said, we can create another account. It will be a custodial account. Uh, your name will be on the card, and you can give it to whoever you want kind of thing. Um, maybe other states are different, or maybe other banks are different, but th- th- this is what happened at the place where I go to. Um, so he can go online. The whole reason for this is so he can go online and buy stuff if he wants. I don't have to worry about it. Uh, and if his card gets hacked online, it's because of places he goes to. But I'm going to try to you know, treat him right. Uh, train them right kind of thing on it um and of course we're going to have to put an initial bump of money in it it's also he's going to earn money from doing chores around the house and picking up his brother we're going to give him formal a uh, allowance but i'm going to encourage him that if he does start his own etsy business the allowance money will look like pennies compared to what he can get uh, that's a good idea i've been wanting to do something like that for my kids my son's a uh real miser and loves trying to make some money so be good for him oh yeah he definitely likes the idea of money i'll say that um him and his brother both think money are the solution to everything and money makes them happy i honestly don't know where the hell they got that from though (laughs) yeah my son is funny he'll any if he can earn a buck he'll do it that's great my daughters like spending it they're not so big on earning it but yeah i want to He's old enough. I want to kind of educate him on bank accounts and all that stuff. I'll have to look and see if there's something like that here. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I'll say since Chad is too friggin' lazy, I love you, Chad, to put something in the notes, I'm going to have to take his link that he just pasted in here because it's apparently too difficult to copy the link, go over to the notes, and hit paste. Hey, Chad, what are you buying? Well, I, uh, ordered a delta printer from uh ebay um tried to order it from a website and i don't remember what the website was but for some reason paypal will not take will not accept charges from the from that company (laughs) so i've got a feeling that that company's got some issues with paypal or customers or something so i had to go on ebay and get it but uh um uh, two, 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 two real quickie quickies. PayPal is fickle. They'll cut people off for all kinds of reasons. And then two weeks later, let them back on. But when you say, oh, God, I can't remember what you said in there. A linear printer. Can you explain to the uh, complete noob uh, what is a linear printer and the difference from what we think as, or at least that we, we've talked about as our standard printer versus that? Yeah. Um, we all, almost all of us have just Cartesian printers, so it runs your X, Y, Z axis. But, um, like the Delta runs, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It runs them um, three axes to control on one. And, uh, I don't know, I'm sure the other guys can explain it a little better. I haven't even used one yet. I just wanted it because they look cool. And I plan on bringing it to shows and stuff. and whatnot and i think it'll really catch the eye of people um but this one's got the linear rails on it so it's not just writing on um the round ground or you know our flat round bar stuff so it's an actual bearing slides 
they say that they're supposed to be a little better. I don't know. Well, we'll see. I don't really know that much about it yet until I build it and get in and build it. We got two of them at the makerspace, and um, for the amount of hardware in it, you get less build area, but they do like have a smoother motion. You can run them faster without the head jerking around and stuff. Just they're inherently kind of stiffer, just the way they're shaped, and you're kind of. It's hard to explain. If anybody doesn't know what one is, Google, you know, do an image search. It's kind of like the head hangs down on these angled struts kind of thing. So you got like three struts connecting the head to the body of the printer instead of it sliding on rails. It just vibrates less. And so you can, you know, feed things a little bit faster. But uh, the downside is you usually have a smaller build area. Yeah. Honestly, this to me has... To me has- it is a decent size. You get 240 millimeter of round on the base because all of these have round bases from what I've seen. And it can go up as high as 285 millimeters. So to me, that's a really good area you can print on. I kind of think of it how you have X, Y, and Z. Now, just looking at X and Y, instead of having X and Y, it's like having X and Y and then Y and X and then a third one off on the side. There's just like there's three different ways you can manipulate the X, Y instead of just two. Um, it's And if you watch one print, it's very interesting how two heads can move up or down to affect the head position in one direction. It's a very, to me, it's a very computationally, I don't want to say an in, uh, 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 like impactful thing, but I, I, when I look at it, that's what I think of it as. Um, and I have heard many people on YouTube, not that I watch a lot of them, but they've mentioned how they're faster and they almost say smoother prints come out at the end too. Yeah. Yeah. The prints definitely are smoother. They're much better at like, they don't jostle, you know, like, you know, you can tell your printer speeds a little too fast if you do a right angle, like sharp corner, because like right after it turns the corner, it'll kind of wobble back and forth a little bit. You'll see a little ripple in your part, so you back off on your speed. You don't really have to do that with the Delta printers. You can run them flat out. Um, you can run them really fast. Just, again, it's hard to explain without seeing one print, but um, the head is just stiffer and just kind of the way it's arranged, the weight doesn't fling it around as much. So, yeah, you can... You can really uh, crank the speed up on them and without suffering print quality wise, you know, your limiting factor is pretty much layer adhesion. You know, you go too fast and your layers don't stick together. That's going to be your limiting factor rather than the actual, uh, you know, the the machine vibration or anything like that. And so, yeah, they, you definitely get smoother motion out of them. Um, that's pretty big build area. I'm looking at this link now. That's that's not bad. I might buy one of these. That's a good build area for the price. Yeah, for price versus build area, I think the you know how much you're paying per volume is pretty good price. I thought I looked around for quite a while, and that's kind of the price point I was at. Is that? But yeah, with the deltas, from what I hear, the radius, the anything on a radius is going to look better because it, it's it's a lot smoother on it. The way it moves around. Um, I'm hoping. I mean, I, I do like my A net A eight, so we'll see. Yeah, I think a, a a lot of it on the the deltas has to do with the fact that the X and the Y weigh the same from the from from the side of the machine and the extruder head, 
where on a typical setup, you either have a plate that weighs different than the x-axis, so the y-axis and x-axis weigh different as far as the motors are concerned. So you get some inconsistency there. And then also, regardless of which axis you're changing on, um, you have three points of contact able to control it versus it only has two points of contact on the X and two points of contact on the Y. And then just being overall light where they're mostly um, Bowden fed. Yeah, that's the big difference is the three points of contact. Like you can grab one and kind of try and move it around and stuff. And you feel that it, you definitely feel the difference. They're just more rigid. Uh, yeah, if you're happy with this thing, when you print a little bit with it, I'll probably buy one. I'm looking at that. If uh, if the print quality is decent at that price, you can't go wrong. I'm just kind of really interested in seeing the interface on it because it it's touting that it's got a touch touchscreen interface on the on the on it. So I'm kind of interested in that too. See you the touchscreen because this will be at a show and I won't have Octoprint on it or anything. I'll just be off of a USB. So, and I want it to be easy enough so that my dad can use it too. So hopefully it's a little better user interface than what's on these, you know, printers like the Anet A8's got and different stuff. So hopefully. And that one's a uh, 32 or 64 bit. Um, that's, that's the other thing. They are way more computationally intense being that you're negotiating three planes with a, uh, um, with trigonometry versus basic Cartesian math. Um, so they tend to run the 32, 64 bits, which is where a lot of the speed supposedly comes from, from the faster computational power, um, along with the mechanics. The only thing I know that it does do the 32, um, uh, one thirty-second uh, steps, you know, so it's not most of our, you know, depending on what board you have, runs like a one-sixteenth step. So the resolution is a little better on this than even my A net, and it has to be because of the delta, you know, because it's, it's got to make so many more moves and precise moves, small moves, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, we. I don't think we said it yet, but it's uh, two hundred and forty-five dollars on eBay. It's 2017 newest FL Sun linear guide DIY 3D printer kit. Costal heated bed larger size is the full title of it. There will be a link to it in the notes. And yeah, because for 245, having that 280, uh, 240 around and 285 high, you can print a lot of stuff with that. Yeah, there is shipping on that, so it's about 285 when you pay all the shipping and stuff, but. It's it's got a auto bed leveling all built into it, so that's kind of neat how they do the auto bed leveling too. It's a just a pressure on the nozzle. It's got a little limit switch in there type deal. So kind of interesting. Can't wait to get in, take get it apart, get it all together, and see how it works. Well, yeah, and because it says kit, oh, you, you're gonna get a box with all the parts separate. You got to put it together, and I, without sounding stupid. To a degree, it almost looks simpler than a normal 3D printer, but I'm going to guess when you open up and put it together, to you, it's going to be the equivalent build process of that A8 where, you know, you're going to have to learn a little bit as you do it, but it's not going to be complicated. Well, I don't think it'll be as bad. I won't have to peel any uh, paper off of acrylic, so that, that'll that be nice. <laughs> that's <the worst laughs> yeah, thing that's a pain. Oh. Yeah, that was absolutely horrible. So this is the, uh, it, it has the MKS 1.4, which I think is what my FT5 has. Um, 
think those are off of a 80 mega uh, 2560 maybe I'm mistaken yeah it's basically an upversion of like a ramps board you know it's runs the Arduino chip in there and stuff so Gotcha, gotcha. This looks like a really good buy, and I am excited to hear what your findings are on it. Uh, and I do think I understand what you guys are saying about certain builds, certain things algorithmically and physically will lend themselves better to this type printing. And I don't know if that makes any damn sense to anyone listening, but to me, I, in my head at least, it kind of does. From what I understand, this these car, these uh, Delta printers really do that vase mode really nice because they they're really smooth as they're going up on the Z. They're just really smooth movements on them. So I'm hoping, really hoping, it's a good printer. Well, all the movements in the Z, as far as the uh, the rails or the the cartridges, whatever you want to call them, that move the actual pieces up and down the rails. So you're not going to have a bunch of herky jerky front to back, left to right, at least not the majority of the weight. So that, that would help. Um, the other nice thing about the Deltas is they generally have a small footprint versus the volume. So it lends itself to a home, a desk, a, a small table, or in your case, um, a cart at a show. Yeah, the plan is that it'll be small enough to set it on like a tool cart and I can just bring it in on that, leave it on that and run it off of that. And uh, that's what I'm hoping it looks i've watched a bunch of the build videos it looks really easy to put together it's it's not um it's plastic parts the connecting parts are all plastic but they're um injection molded so they should be fairly decent very cool very cool um jenna said i'll be right back so i'm going to talk about mine because i don't think it's going to actually take a lot of time um i'm an android nerd uh, to the extreme is what i'm going to say um I don't see myself going away from that soon. And I think I might have another reason now to go towards it. Um, Sony Xperia, long story short, none of their phones that come shipped inside the United States have fingerprint sensors, I believe, enabled on them. All of their phones do. You go any other place in the world, buy a Sony Xperia phone, they have fingerprint sensors on them. Here, to get them enabled, you have to root and ROM the device. Not sure why people think it's trademark issues, copyright issues, or something with some American company. So the uh, so the uh, thinking is they're violating someone's copyright, and part of the terms of, of uh, them coming to a uh, a uh, a uh, agreement is we won't enable them on U.S. phones. Okay, Xperia phones get very mixed signals in the Android world. Some of times they get okay reviews. A lot of times they get really bad reviews saying their hardware looks like it's multiple years old and this and this and that and that. Um, but this might be the kind of thing that might override that. Um, the Sony Xperia XZ1 launches with a 3D picture feature for augmented reality. And the gist of it is, and I don't know any of the details it about it is, you can take the phone, put it in the 3D enabled mode, take multiple pictures, or I believe it's multiple pictures, not a video, of a thing. Their example was a human head. And then at the end of it, press a button and it will basically export something that is then 3D printable. Um, I am literally infatuated with that idea. I, I don't like the idea of having unitasking hardware, you know, buying a scanner, putting it down and which I'm sure will give better results. I know that, but I really like the idea of being able to have a 3d scanner in my pocket 
see something really cool anywhere I'm at, pull the phone out, do the ding, 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 come home and be able to 3D print stuff. I just think that's awesome. Whether or not it would be awesome in reality, I don't know. No matter what, when this kind of stuff comes out, I wait at least a couple months to hear other people's experiences with it and see if it is actually any good or not. Yeah, I like the idea, and I saw the demo, and they never showed a live demo. They just kept showing the same one over and over. Um, to do that's very computationally expensive. There's already programs you can do where you upload photos. There was one from AutoCAD or Autodesk that was uh, Auto something one two three on your um, one two three D Make. Yeah, yeah. That uh, they uh, they um, changed that to Recap. They got rid of one two three D Make a few months ago. That's Recap now. Uh, it's a pretty good tool. There's another one called Photo Modeler that's about as good, but is like thirteen hundred dollars. But uh, Autodesk Recap is free to try it out. I think for hobbyists it's free, and then it's pretty cheap if you wind up using it for a business. Um, yeah, those are all pretty good. But yeah, those uh, the the phone ones. I'm skeptical. I'm looking forward to seeing them. Um, because, yeah, like you say, it's very computationally intensive to figure that stuff out. Yeah, I mean, I, I know the hardware is there as far as getting the measurements with the accelerometers and everything. But for it to get done in any sort of reasonable amount of time, it's just not going to have that many polygons and it's just not going to be that useful. Um, maybe they're doing something where they, they, they skin it with whatever physical thing is there color-wise. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Bacon, I, <laughs> bacon. That's always the word you're looking for. Yeah, you know, uh, in video yeah, games where you wrap, I, I know it, what you, mean. you wrap it's... the polygons and make it look better. But yeah, I, I just don't see this happening. It'll get there, yeah, eventually. But I don't think we're there. I mean, well, I'd love to be proved wrong. Google's Project Tango. I've seen a few different demos for it, and it looks like it's doing a really good job. But I don't know if. Uh, I mean, I know the hardware for it. It's not cheap, but I think what Google might be doing is just developing some way to do the processing in the cloud and get it back to you super fast rather than doing it locally. Because, yeah, you're right. I just don't see how a phone could do something like that without just burning up, you know, even if you had the processing power. Uh, you know, having said that, uh, they're selling this stuff. I guess we'll see. But, yeah, I'm skeptical. I don't know. It just seems like, uh, I mean, I've done a lot of 3D scanning for a lot of years, and I just I can't see fitting that much computational power into a phone. But could be wrong. Well, the dumb question is, could it just be a time thing? You do it, and you have to wait for half an hour or an hour on, on, on your phone for it to be done? Possibly. Uh, Autodesk, they did theirs in the cloud. You took all the pictures, and it all uploaded, and three or four minutes later, you got, uh, you know, your mesh model. Um, but I know Autodesk had some pretty beefy servers behind it doing all the computation. So, you know, Google's probably doing something similar, but probably cuts it down from, you know, three minutes to three seconds just because they're Google. I have no idea what this one's doing, though. Yeah, um, I, I definitely would be on the train with the fat pipe versus heavy processing because everybody can utilize a fat pipe. Whereas if you're, if you're relying on a processor locally, well, when it's time to upgrade, that's, that's going to be more costly on our end anyways. Yeah. 
I'm actually waiting on a, a Kickstarter that uh, is about a year late, but they're, they're shipping now. So it's a little 3D scanner I spent about 400 bucks on that's supposedly as accurate as what's kind of in the 15 to 20 grand uh, price range right now. So, you know, plus or minus 10 thousandths of an inch or something. Um, but it uses your phone's camera and it uses a laser and your phone clips to this little base thing and the lasers in the base and it you know shoots a, a laser light scans across something and then uses your phone's camera to um you know pick up the reflected light and calculate the mesh supposedly really accurately we'll see but for 400 bucks even if it's not that accurate i'll be happy with it for the kind of stuff i'm doing um but even that you know, it takes your phone a couple minutes <laughs> to actually spit the mesh back out. So I just, I just don't see how any of this stuff's going to be as quick as the demos I've seen. You know, in YouTube videos and you know online, the little trailers they do for them. I just don't see how that's happening in a phone. It's got to be happening in the cloud somewhere. Well, if it is, I'll say I would rather pay for it than not. Because if I'm not, then I know sooner or later the service will go away or change. <laughs> yeah very cool very cool um you wanted to uh bring a topic up here james uh yeah uh, a couple actually um first thing is um fusion 360 uh for anybody out there who's a hobbyist in electrical design you've probably heard of eagle it's a pcb design platform if you haven't um it's a very affordable PCB design platform. You can design your own boards and stuff, and they got a huge library of components and everything. <clears throat> Fusion 360s, uh, just, uh, well, Autodesk bought uh, bought Eagle, I don't know, six months ago or something. <clears throat> now they're integrating this into Fusion. So if you're making electronics or if you're making hardware, now you can kind of integrate the two. So say... You're in Fusion and you're making, you know, some kind of Raspberry Pi doodad. You need to make a board and you've already prototyped your breadboard. You kind of know what you want to do, but you don't know how to lay it out. You design your case and design your like a physical PCB footprint in uh, Fusion 360. Then you can hop over into Eagle. You can tell it all the components you need to put in. You can, you know, do the wiring diagram and it's going to populate your board for you arrange everything so you know your leads all make sense and nothing crosses but the nice thing about it is if you update that model in fusion it's going to also update to eagle or if you change something in eagle that's going to go back to fusion so you can have your all your electronics design and your hardware kind of in the same model um it's really really good i mean there's a SolidWorks Electrical is the only thing close to equivalent. And as you know, SolidWorks is beyond hobbyist level. You know, you're going to spend six, seven grand for the basic license, and that's not even going to give you the electrical stuff. Um, so Eagle, I think, you, you could get a trial, but I think it's like 15 bucks a month or 10 bucks a month or something like that. I can't remember offhand, but it's pretty cheap for what you get. And Fusion, you're not going to pay for it if you're a hobbyist. And, you know, for that, you can design all your own PCBs. You can do the, the cam infusion if you want to, you know, program a pick and place machine or something like that. You know, it's uh, it's 
just something I wanted to mention for all the uh, electrical electronics guys out there because it makes designing your own PCBs dead simple. You know, it's like I know I need this chip, I know I need this resistor, I know I need this capacitor, I know I need these ports. You, you can just design your PCB and Eagle. You know, it's really intuitive, really simple, and then bring that over in Fusion and design your hardware around it or the other way around. You know, you know how big you want your case, you know, kind of your footprint for your uh, your board. Uh, you know, now you bring it into Eagle and uh, you can populate it. But uh, I just thought people might find that kind of interesting. Um, they they really are pushing to be the one-stop shop for design and manufacture. And uh, I, I, you got to give it to them. Usually when a company tries to combine all these things into one product, it just kind of ruins them all. They've added what the sheet metal, the uh, and now the the eagle, and with those being added, I would have no idea if you didn't mention it because nothing's changed in the parts that I use, and that's yeah. how it should be. Yeah, yeah, the sheet metal. Uh, I was uh, part of the beta testing group for that, um, and I just couldn't wait to see that roll out because between this and the sheet metal, I mean, you could build full on. You know, you can build your box enclosures and you know, make whatever you want <laughs> with the electronics and everything too. It's, it's great. Like I'll probably use this for, um, probably go ahead and pick up e Eagle and you try, you try out this, uh, the puzzle room project I'm working on, you know, the electronics end. I might try that out in Eagle just to see if, uh, you know, cause I've used Eagle before, but it's been a few years and I haven't used it in conjunction with fusion You know, try it out and see how, how it works. Maybe I'll do some YouTube videos on it or something. Very cool. I can see uh, people definitely taking advantage of that. And Autodesk is one of the few companies that have been around for a really, really long time, and they never seem to completely drop the ball. They might once in a while get a little bit sloppy, but it seems like they always straighten up their act and get back on the right path of making good software. Yeah, for a while, I mean, you know, because as you guys know, I'm a CAD nerd. Autodesk was really really floundering like they had autocad and they had a few other they had inventor and a couple other things but solidworks was just wiping the floor with them in the industrial space and uh everybody was like yeah uh, auto autodesk kind of laughed at them and we thought they were all on their way out then they rolled out fusion 360 and some other stuff and now they're the guys that have got everybody else nervous it's great you know yeah Competition's good, and I like when other people have no choice but to get better or die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Some stuff SolidWorks still does better, but not not for makers. You know, for big corporate guys and stuff, there's there's still a lot of value in SolidWorks. But now for us, hands down, uh, Autodesk is going to take better care of you. Very cool. Very cool. Um, Jonas, you had a uh, topic you wanted to go over. Yeah, just a little bit more on the 3D pen stuff. Um, the 3D pen I first used was the uh, this one with that nice little display on it. And this is the $20 one that um, broke after a while. Probably got about an hour's use out of it. But um, I was running PETG pretty hard through it. I did manage to get my um, trash can welded back together in places, which was good. And then it died. So I picked up another one. It was... The next one's $30. I put a link to that one in the notes. And that one does not have a display. And the difference is it's USB powered. So it comes with a, a wall wart thing like you'd get for a phone charger. 
It's a 2 amp version, so it's a little higher power than the old cell phone chargers. But if you get like a Samsung tablet or one of the bigger phones, they usually have a 2 amp or better USB charger with it. So you could use that, or you could also use one of the um, rocket chargers I've been building. So you could plug that in there, and it could also power the 3D pen, and you could make a uh, 3D rocket out of your 3D pen. That's really cool, and only being 10 bucks more, that ain't bad at all. Yeah, and it's a little, it's a lot skinnier, um, it's a little bit lighter. Uh, you can pop the back off of it. You don't have to unscrew anything to get it apart if you had to take it apart. I think they sell these uh, these nozzles for like 10 bucks. You just unplug them and plug them back in. And then uh, it's got the same controls pretty much. It's got the little slider for the speed. You know, it's got the in and out button. It doesn't do that fast reject like the 12-volt version. Uh, the other thing is that $20 one is 12 volts. Um, and this one that I got new is 5 volts. I also found a... Uh, USB cord that has a step-up voltage converter in the cord. So kind of like the uh, USB audio jack things that, you know, is basically a USB, you know, audio card. It does a 12-volt uh, or a 5-volt to 12-volt conversion, so you can actually plug in the same port from the old 3D pen for 20 bucks using USB cords. So I was looking at a way to make this thing a little bit more portable. And so instead of having to be tied to the wall, you know, you could plug in your your um, cell phone or backup battery charger thing into your 3D pen and use it without having to be tied to the wall. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. that's in one of the pictures. And I think that's very good selling point. So it's like five bucks for the five volt or the 12 volt, sorry, the five volt to 12 volt converter. And they advertise on that link in Amazon, they're suggesting you use it for routers. So if you look on a lot of your home routers, your wireless little mini routers, they're usually 12-volt powered. So theoretically, you could just plug that into your router from a you know a cell phone wall wart charger, and you wouldn't have to go buy the special 12-volt plug from another place. You're getting pretty close to having a wireless uh, 3D printing pen there. You're pretty close to yeah, it. Yeah, it's definitely wireless. Um, out of the box, it's wireless. As long as you have a little backup battery charger, you're set. So this is one of the things I'm going to see how well it goes at the uh, sci-fi convention. I'm going to have some 3D stuff set up and do a little 3D demo and um, see if anybody wants to buy a set of this stuff. Yeah, and this looks like it might be a little bit more uh, easy for lefties to use, Liam. You know, I kind of looked at it. I, I'm not sure if it would or not. The pictures were kind of not great. Um, but the your your rocket charger there, is that, uh, is that something anybody can pick up somewhere that you're making and selling? Or is that only going to be an in-person thing when you go to your, your convention? So far, I just have it to display over there and try to sell the ones I have. Um, if that's successful, I can throw up a web page somewhere. No problem. Those look pretty nice. And uh, when you held up that pin, it, it looks very much like a shuttle with the colors and the shapes. And it seems like you can make yourself a little set of printed wings with a tail fin to rest it on while it's hot. It would complete the, the appearance. Yeah, that's the other nice thing about these pens is they usually have like a timed shutdown. 
So they'll go into low power mode after, I don't know, 30 seconds to a minute if you're not actively extruding something. It'll actually start lowering the temperature on it. Quick question on that, uh, the one that's a 5 volt. How long does that take to get up to temperature to use? Less than 30 seconds. And I did, I did run it for about 20, 20 minutes or so running off of the rocket charger which is just one of those 1850 you know laptop battery things and it's actually supposed to only be one amp and i'm using pla so i i didn't turn it up to abs temperature so it probably wouldn't last as long with uh, abs but uh, with pla it works perfectly fine and you know i was tired of using it by the time i made this little monstrosity i got a little haystack of stuff. I tried red PLA and then I had some white and I thought, oh, I'll make a little mountain with uh, snow on top. And I just let it go and go and go and I just got tired of dealing with it and I still didn't run out of battery. So, not too bad. I'm making me feel a little better about my efforts. <laughs> that's about what mine look like. <laughs> yeah, mine that's not a pretty. little more turd-like. <laughs> when, when you guys were doing that, did you draw on something particular? Um, I happen to have a, a all my desks have glass tops, and then in the kitchen, I've got uh, granite marble, whatever it is that I just would clean off real well and draw directly on. I no, I just like did a varnished woodwork bench. I just drew on legal paper for the base, and um, I didn't know if it would pop off or not, and I just kept going. And when I was done, I pulled it off, and it was fine. So <laughs> I, don't I don't think anything special. I was thinking maybe wax paper might be good to put in a kit. I just did it on my workbench, which is like varnished wood. Doesn't really stick at all. Oh, it, you know, if it does, I don't really care. It's a workbench. You can get sets of PLA for like ten bucks. You know, you get um, twenty different colors of PLA, and uh, that, some kits have little printed samples, so you can trace pictures of something, and you know, try to make the three D print like on the box. Different example. Yeah, we did a few of those when we got the three doodler. They had some you could download. And those worked out all right. Uh, yeah, it's a lot easier like printing something on a piece of paper and then peeling it off the paper and then just tacking it together with the 3D pen, making it in parts and kind of doing it freehand, that's for sure. Yeah, my little mountain was freehand. I didn't think to print something out and actually do it the good way. <laughs> that's about it. Links are in the show notes if uh, you want to check those out. Very cool, very cool. Um, I, I even though it was a longer week, I honestly don't have much more that I can bring. I, uh, I got a couple of things that I kind of wanted to mention. Um, there's a website called makeprintable.com um, that I've used a bit in the past. If anybody out there has really bad, nasty STL files. Now, they have a free level, which I think will let you do three files a month or something, which is fine for most people. And they have a couple of different pay levels. It's like five bucks a month to 50 bucks a month, you know, for enterprise and all this stuff. But um, basically, it's a site where you upload your STL files with problems and it fixes them if you got flip triangles or anything like that. And the little bit I've used them, they their site works really well, like better than any of the standalone softwares, better than Simplify 3D. You can put a really nasty file in there, and it'll generally do a pretty good job of fixing it up. Um, I don't 
use it a whole lot just because I don't deal with a whole lot of bad STLs. If I'm dealing with a bad STL, it's for a job and I'm charging by the hour. So I go in and fix it manually. Um, you know, that's a little bit of a different animal. But um, anybody out there, if you download something from Thingiverse and it does something weird in your printer and, you know, Cura or Simplify 3D or whatever don't have the tools to fix it, it's a very, very good alternative. They've just rolled out some new engine they've got for uh, fixing uh, meshes that's supposedly even better. I haven't used it since they've done that, but uh, it's pretty rock solid and for just a few files a month, it's free. So um, I've put a link in the notes. Uh, it's uh, it's a pretty good site. Um, also, uh, I'm going to be doing a live stream uh, designing a Raspberry Pi case. I'm going to do it from scratch next Sunday at 2 o'clock. So I think that's the 23rd or the 24th. In Fusion 360, I'm going to go from nothing to finished cam you know g code uh probably take two hours or something like that i'm not sure pretty simple case but if anybody's interested um it's uh i'm cad9 designs my company i don't have a website or anything like that but cad9 will be the channel um i'll send out a link if anybody's interested you know let me know uh send out a link through door or anything like that i'm not really sure where to put that up i'll talk to door but, uh, yeah, I'll be doing a live stream. Anybody can ask questions or whatever. And um, I'm going to be doing CAM for machining it, um, not for 3D printing it. But I'm sure that anybody who's listened to this probably knows how to run a 3D printer, so they don't really need that part. But it is for um, the uh, Internet in a Box. Um, <clears throat> sorry. The Internet in a Box that I mentioned last week that I was talking about. Um, so, so yeah, uh, I'll be doing that at two o'clock on Sunday. Very cool. Very cool. Indeed. Um, I really am interested in how, without tooting your horn too much, how real professionals go from concept idea to design and finished kind of product, because I know I could personally like literally hack my way through it, but I'm also sure I would. If it takes you two hours, take me every bit of six hours. Because if I do it in two hours, I'm pretty sure it'd be junk. Well, that's the thing. You know, the first time you do it, it takes you six hours. The second time you do it, it takes you three. You know, and then you kind of hone it down from there. But, yeah, a lot of it is just what tool do I use? You know, when you're first starting out, you're spending two-thirds of your time looking for the tools. Once you know where the tools are, though, you know, it gets to be pretty quick. Um and if it's something, you know, if it's something people are interested in, in I'll uh, be doing it more in the future. Also, if anybody's been paying attention to our Kickstarter or Singularity Computers, like the case we're working on, I'll be doing, uh, we'll be doing really detailed um, kind of build logs on how we've done every bit of that over the next six months. We're going to be putting out weekly videos where I'm going to go from, you know, we're going to go from kind of hand building the models to getting that in a CAD to the machining and all that stuff. It's a little bit beyond just kind of the maker stuff, but a ton of it is applicable. But yeah, um, this I'm going to keep this at a level where it's completely within the realm of the hobbyist. You know, I'm not going to get too, uh, too fancy with it into the engineering end of things or into the CAD end of things. 
and I'm happy to, you know, I'll try and answer anybody's questions or anything during the stream. Gotcha, gotcha. And I'll say if you do go to make um to um make printable dot com and you like what you see out of the out of that um the service for the three account, you can do three downloads a month. Right now until September twentieth, they have a fifty percent off sale going on. So if you get their lowest plan, which is the pro plan, it drops from nine ninety nine to four ninety nine. So I'm going to suggest to people out there, if you do go to that site and if you do use that service and you do like it, pay for it for at least one month. Because if it turns out you like it and you want to keep it, you'll save 50% what it looks like on the life of your A, um, A, uh, A account. And that's a hell of a lot of savings. Yeah, I've used them a couple times. Um, I don't remember specifically what files I sent up there, but they were borked. And uh, I ran them through there even after NetFab couldn't deal with it. And no problems. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I, you know, that's I used to charge good money for that. Now I've been replaced by an algorithm. <laughs> More power to them, I say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I haven't thrown anything at it yet that it hasn't fixed. Every now and then it's done. I haven't used them a ton, but I've used them enough to to see what they're like. Every now and then it'll be like, well, I might have done this here instead of that. But that's not even really a complaint. That's just me being picky. Um, yeah, if you have a nasty file, they'll fix it right up. And um, I don't. I haven't paid for it. I probably should. <laughs> they were uh, they were free uh, for a long time in beta, so I kind of got used to that, I guess. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, the other thing I'm just going to mention really quick is a link. I don't even remember if I'm the one that found it during the week, but um, it's a it's the idea of taking a t-shirt design and if you've ever had you know t-shirts with prints on them sometimes if you stretch the print a little bit it like cracks and you can see how it's basically just something that's laid on top of the shirt well this is the same kind of method so here's the logic with you're not going to get a super crazy high quality t-shirt that can withstand hundreds of times going through the uh washer but you can take a custom design, get a shirt, print it on a printer, and at least have it look good. You know, the first after the first print, you might want to be careful how you wash it kind of thing. But you can 3D print a design on a shirt. They're talking about using flexible filament, which I'm sure is kind of a must for it. But this is the kind of thing I absolutely love the idea of. Yeah, I watched this and I want to try it. Um, it looked like it worked pretty well. I think the guy in the video washes it a time or two and it holds up all right. But yeah, you're probably right. It's probably not going to hold up to hundreds of washes. But like if you're going to a con or something, you can custom make a really cool shirt, you know, in no time for, you know, whatever you, you know, you're into for your cons. That's what I was thinking it would be cool for. But uh, it looks like the guy used uh, like Ninja Flex or something like that. And uh, it stuck pretty well. I was impressed. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try it out. I saw somebody using, oh, months back, um, like mouse pad uh, canvas type material that they were printing directly on instead of a heated bed because it stuck real well and then you could peel it off. PLA, that was. Um, and I thought, oh, that'd be kind of cool to make a shirt out of. And then this kid, the initial video he did was PLA. And I thought, oh, why the hell didn't you use uh, Flexible for that? And I thought, well, maybe he tried it and then, it didn't work for some reason. And and then, you know, next week after, he's like, oh, I don't know why I didn't try flexible. Look, it works way better with flexible. Um, so, yeah, sometimes those obvious things just slip over your head, I guess. Um, 
I, I don't see any reason you couldn't do this and then post-process it with an iron or some additional heat to really press it down in to the material and make it way more permanent. And then, of course, you oh, that's can a do multicolor as well. Um, yeah. I mean, and, yeah, there's just endless possibilities here, really. Yeah, that was my exact thought. You print it out, then you basically take, like, wax paper, put it on the shirt, and you iron it, which should make it seep into the shirt better, stick maybe a little bit better. But then I also got the idea of how you were doing your basically a 2d printed sign with multicolors i would i would think it would be the same basic kind of process oh absolutely yeah there's no reason you can't do multiple colors on the same um on the same z just with filament changes very cool very cool indeed guys um if you guys didn't have any more links i was just going to say this is a uh, full episode what one quick thing I should probably throw in. I said I'd be doing that at two o'clock next Sunday. That's two o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So whatever that works out to wherever you're at. Is that American Eastern or Canadian? There's no such thing as Canada. Everybody knows that. Exactly. Um, I want to thank everyone for their support. I want to thank everyone for downloading. I want to thank everyone who comes out to this show and helps this show get done without you guys. Obviously, there would be no show. And I picked on Chad during the show, but I got to just say publicly, Chad, you know I love you and I love to mess with you, right? Yeah, I don't don't bother me none. Mess with the got many of older brother. I got an older brother and many older sisters and they've all picked on me my whole life, so just join the group. Well, no, it wasn't no, that I was picking on you. It's Jeez. fine. It's fine. It because was funny. Because in the past, I have gotten emails from people saying, you know, you pick on that guy a lot during the show. I'm thinking to myself, we're friends. This is what we do. Yeah, you should see your vibe. If you chat. know him, you'd pick on him, too. <laughs> yeah. Very cool, very cool, guys. Uh, I thank you guys again for coming out. I'm going to do everything in my power to get this show published quicker, but I'm also going to do everything in my power to not get shut down by HostGator again. So uh, I got a little bit of uh, back-end work to do, and I, just because I said back-end, I'm sure everyone's ears just lit up, but it's the end of the show. Thank you guys, and I'll talk to you about a week.